Yeah, it'll be fun. Sleepy Ray McDonald's going to be here tonight. And everybody's heard of him. <laughs> well, good morning, Vineyard family. Everybody awake and alive. How about uh, Happy Together, huh? I was 11 years old when that came out. Wow. My next door neighbor, my best friend, was Jimmy Garcia in Covington, Virginia. And uh, his dad was a doctor, so they had a they had a record player where he could actually move the speaker, and he would put that out the side door on his side porch and blast that 45, you know, and we'd play in the side yard and listen to Happy Together by, who did it? The Turtles. The Turtles, Happy Together, okay? Came out when I was 11. 11 years later, I met and married my happy forever. The human body is held together by connective tissue, right? Cartilage and ligaments. The ground matrix of cartilage and ligaments is collagen. The ground matrix of collagen is vitamin C. Okay, that's what really helps hold our bodies together. Likewise, in our society... The thing that holds our society together is the family. The ground matrix of family, the very ground matrix of family, is marriage. As goes the family, as goes the marriage, so goes the nation, okay? The family is super important to Jesus. And marriage is super important to Jesus as well. So today, Candy and I are going to talk to you about your marriage. Everybody up for that? About your marriage. You know, that, that blissful place where you're honored and fully accepted. That place where you can take every idea and every victory and every defeat and lovingly be listened to and fully accepted, no matter what the outcome. <laughs> that place where you are always accepted, always encouraged and cheered for, you know, <laughs> your marriage. That place where your energy is restored and the faith in your future is secure, and the place where you enthusiastically return from a hard day to be recharged for the fullness of your destiny. Your marriage, where every decision is reached with unanimity and joy, where every task is just a building block to a more fulfilling life. Your marriage where tough times just improve your resolve and discouragement is always far from your heart. Your marriage. Seriously, Candy and I want to talk to you about establishing and building up our marriages into God 
honoring relationships. Relationships that reflect the kingdom of heaven, that resemble the kingdom of heaven. And here's the biggie. Relationships that actually become an expression every day of the kingdom of heaven. Now, please hear me this morning, okay? I am not going to goad or guilt or try to inspire you into trying harder. Because I think if the truth were known among us, that at the end of the long day, most of us don't have much trying harder left in us, do we? So I'm I'm saying this a little bit in jest, but really seriously too. Let's do it right the first time. And we won't have to try harder to make up or recover or redo our mess-ups. So let's try to get our marriages, our relationships, our future marriages. Can everybody kind of connect with that? Some relationship. Let's try to get these resembling the kingdom of heaven. So the way we're going to do that is we're all going to get on the same page at the same time this morning. Everybody up for that? We're going to do a little exercise. I was going to say married couples, but if you have a significant other in the room as well, I want you to turn toward them. It might be, a, it might be healthy if you just hold both hands. That will get you looking right at each other. Look each other in the eye. Okay, everybody, look each other in the eye. Your eyes locked? (laughs) Are your eyes locked? Okay, all right. Takes a little while to connect on the FaceTime. No, it's me. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, all right. All right, everybody locked on? Take a deep breath. Here we go. Everybody look each other in the eyes. Repeat after me. Baby, we need help. I only had us do that because the truth, and Candy will cover this later. Do you know in the scriptures the word truth and reality are often interchangeable? The truth slash reality is we need help. Whether you've been married for five weeks or five decades, we all need help. Is there any married person in the room that at some point in your marriage hasn't felt taken for granted? If we get real honest, who hasn't resolved, at least at some point in their marriage, resolved in their mind that I just have to make this work because it's the right thing to do? Or who hasn't at some time in their marriage thought, This just isn't fair. I have to do X, Y, Z. You fill in the blank there. And my mate doesn't carry their weight. (laughs) If this is you, and it probably is, there's only one wise thing to do, and that is to get help. And let me just go ahead and pull the rug out from under you. If you think it's going to get better in the future, if you think it's going to heal yourself, you're not thinking clear. Everybody get that? It won't resolve itself. Time doesn't make these things better. 
You have to resolve that you will get some help and get it fixed. All forward motion in any relationship. You have your thinking caps on? All forward motion in any relationship requires intentionality and hard work. It will be difficult for your life, for your family, and even for your career to grow past the places where you are stuck in your marriage. So let's talk this morning about identifying and resolving some of the stuck places in our marriages. Now I look around the room and I am absolutely convinced that everyone in the room is at least reasonably intelligent. And being reasonably intelligent, if you could have figured it out by now, you would have already done that. We really do need some outside help. So, the queen of my home is going to come <laughs> and offer us some help. Like when I taught kindergarten, Miss Candy. <laughs> Ray's the spiritual one in this couple, and if anybody knows us, he's the fun one. And one of our daughters um, was asked one time, What's it like going on vacation with your mom as, and dad as an adult? And they were like, Dad is so fun. He has a vacation personality, he's just a lot of fun. They're like, What about your mom? She likes to read. So. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give a little practical chat. Um, we're not experts by any means, but we do have 33 years of being happily married and then four years in Georgia. <laughs> true, true, very true. That's for another time. Okay, I'm going to start with war warning signs of a troubled marriage. But this list is very uh, applicable to us as people. Okay, so just do the inventory. If you're married, do it in your marriage relationship. Heading for marriage, apply it to that relationship. As a person, just check your heart. So these are 10 warning signs, okay, in a marriage, but it's applicable to all. Number one, you need to be right. You're a person that has a God complex. You need to be right all the time. Number two, you're constantly controlling your partner or friends. You're constantly controlling people. Um, I think it's fair to say you probably have control issues in other areas, if that's your story. Number three, there is unrestrained venting. My language for that is you don't have a filter. That can be problematic in any relationship. Number four, there's retaliation. You get caught up in, in paying back each other. Number five, you start to withdraw. And when that happens, we, we disconnect from our emotions and we build walls and we compartmentalize and um, we just withdraw. Number six, you start making concessions. Um, you're not comfortable with conflict, so you develop a whatever attitude which is not good because then you lose interest in having the needed conversations. 
Number seven, you have to justify your actions. Now, when that's present, we usually interact with people from a defensive posture. And I always give a picture to that. It's almost like someone that has their boxing gloves up, and you just can't penetrate that because they're in defense mode. Number eight, there's a lot of blaming. We are part of a culture that we do not know how to take responsibility for our actions. And so that, that's a, a warning sign is if you're a person that blames others for your actions. And number nine, you try to rewrite your history together. What that means is when there's trouble in the marriage or the relationship, you start saying, we were never in love. It was never good. And you try to rewrite that. When that's probably a lie, there's a reason you got together in the first place. And number 10, there's feelings of neglect. That's pretty self-explanatory. Now, that was a compilation of secular and Christian therapists, but it's a good, insightful list. Here's my list of 20 years in an inner healing practice um, with people that come in with marriage struggles. I have... I think they come in lacking in three areas. Number one is identity. People don't know who they are. So we enter marriage with a false self that we've created that's composed of lies, messages from the world, dysfunctional experiences, pain, fill in the blank, but we've created this false self. It's not who God says we are. It's who we believe we are based on lies. Real often, the person's true identity is buried and extremely guarded. Real often, that person doesn't even know for themselves who they are. Their false self has been so refined into what they believe is a more acceptable presentation of themselves that it's so guarded that when someone presses on that, out comes emotion and defense. So the second area that I feel like is problematic is communication skills. People come into marriage with really poor communication skills. This includes social skills. People in this category lack social graces. Um, an old-fashioned way to say that is manners. They don't know how to treat other people because the focus is on themselves. This also includes relational skills. There's a lack of ability to engage in mutuality. Now, what that means is, have you ever been in those conversations where it's only about that person? Nothing ever comes your way. They never ask you any questions about yourself. It's always about them. That's called mutuality. That's very problematic in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a marriage. This also includes the inability to resolve, resolve conflicts. There's no skill, there's no ability to disagree in a healthy manner. And the third area that I find is people don't know how to love. They don't know how to love God, themselves, or other people. Any of that apply to anyone? Elite Daily Magazine. Anybody familiar with that magazine? This is a magazine that's um, promoted as being the voice of Generation Y. 
Okay. Generation Y are those people born between 1980 and the early 2000s. That applies to a lot of people in here. They um, published an article entitled 10 Reasons Why Generation Y is Losing the Ability to Love, which I think is very insightful. And it was also written by a person in that age group, so that's um, significant. So number one, this generation wants instant gratification. These are reasons why um, this generation struggles loving. Number two, they've built a culture on drugs and booze. Now, I personally don't think that's restricted to this culture, this generation. Generation wires. That sounds like wire. Anyhow, um, they sleep around a lot. This generation is rewriting morality. What has always been classified as inappropriate premarital sexual acts are now considered acceptable and justified and framed as non-sexual. And so you might ask, how does that relate to marriage? Well, we have to consider everything that you bring in to marriage. Number four, this generation is becoming more egocentric. Number five, they're dating for the sake of dating, not for the sake of relationship, just for the sake of dating. Number six, they don't like compromise. Number seven, they believe in fairy tale endings. Thank you, Disney. Number eight, they believe in that perfection is attainable. So they're looking for that absolutely perfect person. How many know that that person doesn't exist? There's only one perfect person and we're not it. Number nine, they're goal-driven, but their goals don't include their partners. It's self-focused. And number 10, they're really bad at loving. I think they don't know what it is. The generation before them had a high rate of divorce, so they haven't seen healthy marriages or relationships model. So they don't know what love is, what it means, or what it looks like. The main characteristic of Generation Y is that they're tech savvy. That's pretty impressive because I'm not. My generation is not. Um, this has a lot of really positive aspects in the business world. However, for the wires who already struggle socially and relationally, this is increasing their inability to communicate on an intimate level. They now have a screen to stare at. And if you, if you look around in a restaurant, this is really common. And this is very new to our culture. Um, this really limits our ability to develop intimacy and relationship. I call it electronic friends. <laughs> well, why is this important? Well, this is the attitude of our current culture. So it's our challenge to this generation and for each other to teach that true character and true identity is only revealed in relationship with God. That's really key. So that leads us to consider what is the question for marriages that either have the mindset of generation Y or have identified with some of the warning signs. Ray already said this, but the key is intentionality. 
Intentionality is required to resolve any relational struggle. Relationship issues will not go away on their own. They won't fade with time. They won't be forgotten in the busyness of family life. They require intervention, commitment, and hard work. Has anybody ever tried to put a relationship back together? Whether it's friendship, romantic, it is hard work. So once again, Ray said this, but if you need help, get it. If you have the mindset that it will resolve, I just want you to know that time will make it worse, actually. So if you have any specific personal issues that are hindering your relationships or your marriage, such as addictions or trauma, get help from someone that will help you get to the root of the issue in a spiritual context. Because God's presence is the key to resolving any issue. I'm all about traditional counseling for skills, but I'm more about the presence of God for transformation. So there's a bigger picture here. So I want to, I want to encourage you to consider, start with yourself. If there's a struggle in any relationship that you're in, start with yourself. Take your eyes off of your mate or that other person. Blame shifting is a human condition. It started in the garden. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. But it's factual that immature and untransformed people blame others for their choices. So I want to encourage you. Take some time. Connect with the presence of God. And let him reveal to you the truth about what you need to take responsibility for. Perhaps you're blaming your mate for your wrongs and you're getting angry when they see through your defenses. That's worth considering. Not that I've ever gotten mad at Ray for seeing through my defenses. I've just read about it and seen it in my office. <laughs> I believe we come to know God as we come to know the truth about ourselves. John 8:32 really is my ministry model. When we realize the truth in any area, we're set free. Truth in this context is also translated reality. So once again, check your heart. If there's any area where you are not living in reality, this is an area where you don't have the truth. So consider these questions. How is your communion with God? Does your daily life include God? This is important because without God, everything's permitted. So if there are things in your life or your marriage that you are permitting that contradict God's standards, this is probably a place that you have not opened up to God. So consider your communion with God. Number two, what is sacred in your life? I think presently we're in a, uh, a time and part of our culture is nothing sacred. Everything has the same meaning. And there should be some things that, high, that hold higher regard that are sacred. So check on that. <coughs> Lastly, what is in your life or in your marriage that is hindering your worship? Uh, don't be narrow when you're trying to explore that. It's bigger than singing and praying. But consider what is it in your life that's hindering your worship?
Candy talked uh, briefly about getting help. Um, it's really important when we look for godly advice or look for help that we go to people who have a good track record. Don't take a financial advice from a broke guy, right? <laughs> and don't take relation advice from people who are broken themselves or have bad relations, okay? Get good advice from people who are already doing it well. About 10 years ago, I was uh, exposed to some people who were just out in the world doing it big, making this enormous impact. And, uh, you know, I was uh, a little bit, you know, I guess, I guess it tweaked my heart a little. I thought, well, here I am in little old Campbellsville, Kentucky, and, you know, my little old venue. <laughs> And, and uh, feeling, I don't know, a little bit guilty about that or something, but um, the Lord spoke as clear to me as he's ever spoken to me. And he said, Ray, I really want you to start thinking small. <laughs> and what he meant by that, he says, I just want you to focus on those things that are just deeply and intimately important to his heart. And one of those is, is family and marriage. It's so vitally important. Our community can't move forward. Our families can't move forward. Our church won't go anywhere if we don't get the marriage thing right, if we don't get the relation thing right. <coughs> Over in uh, Mark, well, actually, it's in all the synoptic gospels. And if that's a new term to you, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay? All three of the synoptic gospels hold the story of the teachers of the law who were trying unsuccessfully to confound Jesus. And um, they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your what? heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, while it would be a really good exercise for us this morning to talk about all these in relationship to marriage, let me briefly just mention one. Of the myriad of things we could say about it, it at least, at least means we need to love God with our mind, which means we need to be honest with ourselves. It's super important that we begin to get honest with ourselves. Think honest thoughts about ourselves in relation to the condition of our own heart and mind and in relation to our marriages. The proverb writer said, As a, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's really important what occupies our mind. It's really important what occupies our mind. And whatever you think on, I use the colloquialism all the time in my office, that what you focus on is what you will be successful at doing. 
What you focus on is what you'll be successful at doing. So what occupies your mind? Lord Wellington said something that I've passed on to all of my son-in-laws and some of the other young friends in the church here. Wellington, uh, you know, and I know some of, am I wrong in saying that some of you feel chaos in your heart about your relationships? Feel chaotic? You wonder what's going on? Let me just give you a, uh, a quote from Wellington that really puts my heart at ease. He said, do that duty which lieth next to thee and your next duty will be revealed. In other words, just focus on one thing. You know, you don't have to think about 20 years down the road. You don't have to think about what it's going to look like after you have children. You just need to focus on one thing. Let's get this marriage thing right. Let's get this relation thing right. We love God one way that we love God with our minds is when we intentionally look at our personal clutter. Now, personal clutter, that can be a lot of things. Have you had trauma in your life? Have you had inappropriate relationships with other people? Do you have an addiction? Okay, we have to be, we can only be honest with our minds when, A, we look at our personal clutter and begin to break those inappropriate bonds. Now, I use the term inappropriate or unholy bonds real often with people, and sometimes they scratch their head. But let me just, let me give you an example of an inappropriate or an unholy bond. (coughs) Anybody, it's probably happened to every person in in the room. You're driving down the road. A song comes on the radio that sends you to a place that you probably shouldn't be. Am I the only person that's ever happened to? <laughs> no. Can anybody kind of relate to that? You hear a song and it kind of puts you in this groovy place that you probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> okay, we have to break bonds. That's an unholy bond. Okay, with that song, that's an unholy bond. And, all, and, here, and here's how you do that. Uh, let's just do this as an exercise. Everyone in the room, if that fit you, and I think most of us can probably say that fits us, you know, there's that song that takes us back to that place. Pull that song up in your head. Close your eyes. Go ahead, close your eyes. Pull that song up in your head. Okay. Now just go, Jesus. Repeat after me, Jesus. I choose by my will to break that unholy bond. You realize that's all it takes. It's that simple. And you can break unholy bonds with every one of those bad experiences you ever had. Because, listen, if you don't break those bonds, they're still connected to you when you go into your marriage. They're still connected to you when you sit down at the dinner table. They're still connected to you when you go into the intimate room of your house with your spouse. You're bringing all that stuff with you. And that won't help your marriage. So, (coughs) 
gather your personal clutter and take that clutter before the Father and hear truth from him that will heal and clear our minds. If you want your marriage to be a depository of the kingdom of heaven, and who doesn't want that? It has to start in your own mind. Trying harder. Is there anybody in the room that's really tried harder at times? You get the list. You know, you, you, you get the list. You put it on the fridge or on the bathroom mirror. You're just going to try harder. This morning, I'm going to quote three verses before I brush my teeth, you know. You know, I'm, I'm going to say bless you to my wife in the morning, no matter what, even if it kills me, and it probably will. <laughs> Trying harder is just a temporary fix. Now, let me also say trying harder is better than no fix at all. <laughs> okay. But when you base your marriage relationship, and here's an expression that I'm confident came from heaven to me last night. When you base your marriage relationship, which is the earthly twin of the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that beautiful? Our marriages are the earthly twin of the kingdom of heaven. When you, when you base that relationship on trying harder, you will spend your entire life riding the relationship roller coaster, which I'm telling you, you'll get nauseated, throw up, and it's a living hell. You don't have to ride the roller coaster. It's essential that we renew our minds. Listen, we have to clear ourselves of bad information that we've been taught. Even the, a lot of you who were raised in Christian families still got bad information. We have to clear our minds of the bad information, replace the bad information with truth from the Father. We have to free ourselves of the poor models that we've been exposed to. Anybody's marriage relation at time feel just like when you lived at home? We have to free ourselves of the poor models we've been exposed to and let truth, light, healing, and joy express himself in us. Truth, light, healing, and joy. It, we have to let that express himself in us and then express himself in our marriages. Now, Candy's going to come up and do a little personal ministry to the individuals and, you know, just corporate personal ministry to individuals if you want to come up. Huh? And when she's finished... Uh, by the way, if, if we have a ministry team, if you'll come forward now. When she's finished, we're going to pray for marriages and just give an opportunity. If you, want, if you want our ministry team just to pray and bless your marriage, we want to take an opportunity to do that. So Candy, let Candy minister to the individuals first. If you're in agreement with this, let's deal with a bit of clutter. So there are three areas I feel like... Um, 
that the Lord wants us to bring before him. If you are carrying anything that God doesn't intend for you to carry, we want to go before him and release that to him. The second area is, um, and this, this clutter applies to relationships. This is not exclusive to marriage. So this does apply to everyone. If there are places in your heart where someone has wronged you that you need to do some forgiveness, let's do that. And then many people don't know to forgive themselves. So that's in the area of the things that you really are responsible for. And if we don't know to forgive ourselves, what we do is subconsciously we hold that against ourselves and we find ways to punish ourselves. And that gets in the way of what the Father has for us. So that's a real significant area. And the last area is um, just in your identity. And we talked about those things that hinder your true identity. So if there's trauma or if there's lies or anything that's in the way of your identity, if there's a place in your life that you're trying to manage on your own that hasn't worked so well, um, I want us to take a minute. And if you are in agreement and if you're ready to, Invite the Father into that place. Okay? So what we're going to do is close your eyes. And if you're in agreement with doing this, okay, you just go along with it. Um, it needs to be authentic. So, you know, I don't want to force this on anybody. But this first area, if you are carrying anything that you know you're really not supposed to be carrying, it isn't yours, it's heavy, it's a burden. First of all, I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to highlight that to you. Raise your hand if the Holy Spirit shows you a burden you're carrying, or if you already know of one. Okay, so let's go before the Lord and just repeat after me, Jesus, I choose to release this to you because I know it isn't mine. Okay, the second area. Just consider if there's someone that has wronged you that you have not forgiven. And once again, Holy Spirit, would you remind us if we're not aware and present to that? So just consider any places in your heart where someone has wronged you that you need to forgive. And if you're in agreement, just repeat after me, Jesus, I choose to forgive them. And I let go of any judgment or offense that I've stored in my heart. And now consider those things in relationship that you are responsible for. And you've received forgiveness from the Father, but you're holding it against yourself. So if you're in agreement, let's forgive yourself. So Jesus, I choose to forgive myself. And to let go of any subconscious way that I might be punishing myself. I give myself permission to receive the good things that you have for me. Okay, in the last area, I just want you to consider any place in your heart that has been closed to God. And it doesn't have to be a dramatic place. It doesn't have to be a place of addiction. It can be. 
but it can be any place where you are in control and it's not working so well that God needs to be in control. So consider that place. And if you're ready to deal with that, just give the Lord permission. Jesus, I give you permission to come into this place that I've been trying to control and that's been guarded from you. I open it up to you in Jesus' name. Jesus will always, always, always be honest with us. Sometimes, however, we really don't want honesty from our mate. We don't give them permission to speak truth to us. We just want them to blow smoke in our face and sunshine other places. (laughs) Sorry. But it's true. It's true. So, if you've never given your mate permission to speak truth to you, in your heart, Why don't you do that right now? Now, ministry team, come forward. I'm going to pray for everyone. If you want want someone to pray for your marriage, bless your marriage. Ask for life to come where there might not be life. We, We really do, after the service, want you to come forward and do that. So let's stand, if we will. If you're single, hold both hands out. If you're married, hold someone else's hand, preferably your spouse. Father, in Jesus' name, we declare we love you. We love you. We love you. Would you show us what that means in our relationships and in our marriages? In the name of Jesus, we choose by our will to honor our spouse. We consider them better than ourselves. Show us what it's like to sacrifice ourselves for one another. Fill us with light. Fill us with truth. We ask, Father, that you would show us what it's like to have just a joyous, joyous marriage. We know that honors you. And that is a reflection of the kingdom of heaven. We love you, Father. Mass is ended. Go in peace.